0: Buckaroo. Holiday. Buckaroo holiday.
1: Hey, it's smart.
0: Sure is. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Hey. 2023. Here we are. Another year at the old Buckaroo Grind. Now, I want to start off by telling you that I have a couple of shows that are uh, like, well, uh, they got them. They're here, they're done, right? But I'm not putting them up yet because I wanted to start the new year, which is not so new anymore, right? But I wanted the first show of this year to be one of the standard old canonical Buckaroo Holiday omnibus type shows rather than some special. So I apologize to Ron that his show, which is epic, by the way. Both of these are, like, multi-part specials. And Ron's commission show will be coming up, as well as uh, the Horn Rock show. But here we are. We're gonna do this. Now, in one of my own songs, I described myself not as a cock-eyed optimist, but a cunt-eyed opt-outist. And I feel no differently about this year. In fact, I'm dreading this year. Not in personal terms. we just take that as it comes. But in larger scheme of things and maybe buckaroo holiday can be helpful in negotiating the year you know a distraction an inspiration a a companion that's what we hope it'll be this year because we could all use all those things so before you know it, we're going to hear the show about the antipodes. Now, I know it's in the Antipodes, but when you talk about an antipode, it's an antipode, and I'm just going to pluralize it as antipodes because I like it better. Antipodes, is all it's all Greek to me. Hey, you hear that? Man, the weather's taking a turn here. Kind of a thundershower happening. Well, that ain't going to stop us. Like I'm telling you, we're going to march right through. Well, you know, no matter what comes our way, we're going to deal with it. And um, with that in mind, I do want to share a quotation with you that I came across in the latest issue of First Things magazine. It's a quotation from St. Augustine of Hippo. Now that's uh, an early Christian philosopher, as opposed to Hippo of St. Augustine, which is a semi-aquatic mammal in a zoo in Florida's oldest city. Anyway, here's what St. Augustine said. Think about that. And it, it may, some people say St. Augustine. You know, here's where Antip- Antipodes, Antipodes, St. Augustine, St. Augustine. I think it's all fine. I'm very liberal-minded that way. Whoa, go figure. All anyway, right, here we go. This is what uh, St. Augustine of Hippo says. People have such a love for truth that when they happen to love something else, they want it to be the truth. And because they do not wish to be proven wrong, they refuse to be shown their mistake. And so they end up hating the truth for the sake of the object which they have come to love instead of the truth. All right, St. Augustine. Now you see what he said there, which was a piece of wisdom coming from him, is to me a diagnosis of an age. And I feel true, true personal sorrow for the misery this kind of thing has wrought and continues to and will increasingly wreak. <laughs> is that how it reek wrought? Is that how it goes? Anyway. But, wow, you know, the wind, here's the wind Wind is really whipping up. That's all right, that's all right. We'll be fine. We'll be fine over here. But anyway, on the St. Augustine thing, you know, that's just how I see things, it's how I see a lot of people and uh, enough said, I suppose. No need to go on and on about it. I mean, what do you take me for? Some kind of a blowhard? Hey, wait now, don't you even, as they say, let he who casts stones not, uh, oh, you know the thing. Instead, I might reflect in the course of the show on some of the things that were really great about the holidays and about the past year, and maybe some of the things I'm hoping for in the new year. It seems like there might be, whoa. Okay, that's a rock slide. We're having a rock slide. I don't like that. Okay, but I think, you know, I think I'm safe. I think I can do the show from here, despite this. You know, that's that's the spirit. You just got to march forward and put your... You got you to buckle down and sign. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. and I'm going to make it through. That's, yow! Oh, damn. Close one. So anyway, um, hope you can hear me over this. You may as well get to what we're going to hear, play some music, and uh, get this show on the road. You know what I mean? Oh, Nelly, that's a tiger. That's a tiger. Okay. I give uncle, uncle. All right. Here's the first song.
1: We love to sing this lovely melody.
0: The Whispers, California group that had some hits on the R&B charts, but never really broke through mainstream very much. As you can hear, though, uh, fantastic, right? That was them doing a song by Linda Perhacks. Hey, Who Really Cares? Now, she did a version of that on her Parallelograms album, which is one of those great lost albums that was rediscovered and she had a late life resurgence where she was able to make music and have an audience you know i always love those tales and uh, she was really brilliant and that song in her version is quite a different song the, the feel of it i mean hers is very gentle and wistful and that one is kind of epic and almost Shirley bassy-ish but uh, both of them are great gonna move on now to another fairly obscure performer jackie whitron She did this one album when she was 19 called um, (laughs) Raw But Tender. I almost forgot. Raw But Tender. And it's mostly a lot of blues-based numbers, and you know I'm not that into that stuff. But she's got a really great voice, and it's a good, solid album. I'm going to play this song on it that I like the most. It's called A Little Bit Extra, Please, and I think her voice is especially nice on it. And it develops into this kind of jug band feel that I kind of dig. She got married to this guy, and they started a partnership, recorded some albums in a more funky, jazzy vein. What I've heard, I'm not that into, but i got to dig a little more into it. And then later on, before she died of cancer at a relatively young age, she did one more solo album, which I haven't heard at all. And speaking of the late-life career redemption thing, Bill Fay. you know how I feel about him. I think he's, if not the greatest living songwriter, certainly one of them. He's written some of the most amazing things I've ever heard. And you've probably heard this one before on the show. Not sure. I hear you calling, but this is an early demo of it. It's not the one that was on his great, great album, Time of the Last Persecution. I think he found it in a closet or something, and it was released on an album called Still Some Light as a bonus album of similar demos and outtakes. So it has a really raw sound. It's got some really crunchy, weird distortions, so live with it. It's worth it. And then, uh, let's see, uh, I'm gonna play something by Claire and The Reasons. It's a cover of a song that you've likely heard before, might have heard a number of times before, but I'm not gonna tip you off. See what you think of this, and then I'll wrap it up with a musical cue from the movie Gone With The Wind. Now, I don't know, has the movie been banned yet? I mean, has, has every print been burned yet of Gone with the Wind? What I think would be better would be to, like, just CGI out all the offensive um, depictions. Clearly, something must be done. Let's think it over as we listen to Jackie Witran.
2: the river bank, I will be coming when the air is plain. to your floor
0: Steiner with Afternoon Nap, a cue from Gone with the Wind, as I mentioned before. Lovely score, that was. And yeah, before that, Claire and the Reasons, that's all. One of the post-Peter Gabriel songs Genesis did that I kind of like. There aren't many, I just, I'm sort of indifferent to it. Of course, there's always It's No Fun being an illegal alien. I mean, right up there with Return of the Giant Hogweed now that track by claire and the reasons i think i'm not sure van dyke parks had anything to do with that album but the previous album he did a lot of arranging on and that track that arrangement of that's all has a lot of van dyke parks ishness to it whether he was involved in it or not so that'll do for that set um mentioned i was going to do some reminiscing and forecasting and wool gathering and all that kind of stuff all those ings this year we were talking about my friend steve's health issues he is doing better. He's working, he's home, he seems to be back to his normal life. Great relief. I want to thank my friend Jim Gray for bringing me up to see him. We went up to see him in the hospital, and it was a little unnerving, to tell you the truth, although it was just great to see him conscious and talking and improving. And on the trip up there, first of all, Jim bought me some bourbon, some really good bourbon, which is not usually what I know I'm used to Jim Beam from my cocktails, so I've been having some very deluxe buckaroos. But he also mentioned that he and his wife got one of these Opal ice makers. The good ice, you know about the good ice? Sonic ice, the chewable ice. It's this particular kind of ice, uh, nugget ice, that you put in drinks and cocktails and it uh, you can chew the ice. It's soft and it's airy and it's, no, it's great, it's irresistible. I chew a lot of ice and it's really screwed up my teeth. So this was something, hmm. Aside from just liking the ice, it's a its kind of a medical necessity, right? Anyway, um, I got it for Christmas. Santa brought me that stupidly expensive Opal ice maker. So it's the first real significant upgrade to the buckaroo in quite some time. And I gotta give thanks for that. Life's okay when you can cite these sort of things. I'll take it. So we'll get back to memories and plans uh, over the course of the show. Let's get to some more music. I'll give you the reverse order on this upcoming set. we got the great jazz and I guess R&B vocalist Dakota Staton. She'll be coming in with a song called A Little You in a little while. Before her, there's a track called, and let me see if I can read this, Varsuviana. Varsuviana, subtitled A Simple Dream Waltz. And this is a composition by Libby Larson. She's an American composer. I may play another thing by her later in the show. Because with a lot of these artists, you know, you um, you hear a piece, you think you got them figured out. And they cover a lot of range. So it's nice sometimes to hear a few examples. I've done that in the past. And I might do it with Libby Larson. Because she's really good. She was born in Delaware. But she's not a doddering poison sold, corrupt creep. She's a fine composer. She's a little bit older than me, which, as you know, I appreciate. Now, I mentioned on a previous show, uh, Ron Nagel. He co-wrote Don't Touch Me There by the Tubes with Ms. Dornacker. And I mentioned some of his other activities. His album Bad Rice, the band he had called the Durocs, but he started in a kind of a garage band called the Mystery Trend left very few recordings. I think only one single was actually released while the band was around. What we have here is a track called Mambo for Marion," And the track was completed and it sounds good, but they never did cut a vocal. So it was recently issued with the reference vocal on it, scratch vocal. Anybody who's ever done recording knows that a lot of scratch vocals are just really half-assed. It's just something for the musicians to follow. It's a placeholder and then you go back and you cut the actual vocal. So a lot of times the lyrics change and certainly the delivery isn't impassioned and it isn't a real performance usually. Intonation can often be completely fucked and You'll hear in this case that it's less than ideal, but I kinda dig it. Anyway, it's what we have of this song. And I think it's a pretty interesting song. But to start off the set, I want to play something by the High Llamas. This is one of these things I do. I hope people don't get mad. There are songs that are just uh, too long. You know, I think I've done this before. Remember I took Genesis and I kinda cut out the whole album, Selling England by the Pound, and just put the very beginning and very end just because I wanted to hear it that way. Then there was the Pearls Before Swine song, I Shall Not Care, where I cut out the freak out in the middle and just kept the surrounding song. Well, here's a case where uh, it's just too freaking long. The song is this great little song. It has that characteristic High Llamas thing of a lot of Beach Boys and a little Steely Dan in the sound, but it's like freaking 13 minutes long, right? And I'm like, well, if, most of that is a flute solo it just goes on and on and on i'm talking like 10 minutes of flute and it's not that interesting to me you expect me to listen to 10 minutes of flute your name better be yusuf latif you know what i mean so look i'm not like if the record label did this i'd be like how dare they impose their judgment on the band you know but i'm not the record label and this is not the only version available if you want to hear 10 minutes of flute masturbation Go right ahead. Go get the album. Uh, High Llamas, Gideon Gay is the album. I just like the song, and I wanted to have it without that thing, because I want to listen to it myself. It's not like a... It's not stunted. This is not like a bonsai thing here. But it's called Track Goes By. And the track goes by in four minutes, and you'll you'll be all right. We'll all be, we'll all be good.
2: the way I could make it stay it wouldn't be so bad funny though it seems
3: you have shown me
2: See you saying that we're through or some other lie.
0: Satan wants a little you. What'd you think of that song by The Mystery Trend? I thought it was good. Did it bother you that it was so weird, the vocal? I don't know. Drop me a line and let me know. I'm not serious about that, but hey, drop me a line. I love when people drop me a line. I've been having some great correspondences with some of you. And what I hear from some people encourages a trait of mine, sometimes comes up, feeling it today kind of a pedagogical impulse. You know, I got my opinions. I've been thinking about a lot of this stuff for a long time. Nobody's inviting me to write articles. Nobody's inviting me to teach a class. So I'll do it here sometimes. It sort of scratches that itch, I guess. So one of the things I've mentioned before is that when it comes to concert music, classical music, I like the modern stuff and I like the ancient stuff. And I'm not that enamored of the stuff in between. For me, the interest in the earlier music goes on and tails off after Bach and Handel. Of course, you got Beethoven and all these other people. Great music, but mostly the classical era, the Romantic era, it doesn't grab me as much. It kind of gets back into gear in the late 19th, early 20th century for me. But I do love that early stuff Palestrina, Gesualdo, etc. And there's probably a few reasons for it some of which I don't really understand because I'm not a musicologist. I don't know a lot about um, theory and so forth. I just know what I like and I glean things from whatever I read about stuff I like. So there's a few things. One is that a lot of that early music is made for smaller ensembles. I like some big pompous stuff. Man, Charles Ives did some huge pieces of music, but just as a rule, as a general thing, the smaller ensembles. A more, a more reliable thing for me. And I like these early instruments. There was a movement, I guess, really took hold in the 60s for early music performance that was historically true in terms of performance styles and instruments. There were a few conductors who made careers out of this. Uh, Christopher Hogwood, Nicholas Harmancourt, people like this. And it was a little controversial because people would be accustomed to hearing a lot of these symphonies and concertos played on modern instruments and when they'd bring out these old instruments it was alien to the ear and people felt like it was just finicky to play it on the old instruments. I think music is music and people play this music on synthesizers and if they know what they're doing it sounds good. It's how that performance is approached. But I like the original instruments. I like the way they sound. I like sackbutts and shawms and citterns and things. So that's part of it. Also, music wasn't so codified yet. There was more of a freedom of expression regarding dissonances and things like that within what sounds like a more rigid framework. A lot of these early pieces sound repetitive to the ear, like when I talk about doo-wop or the blues form. It can sound samey unless you're really into it. But when you do spend time with it, distinctions emerge from things, and the beauties reveal themselves. But it does take some time. It's like reading Shakespeare. And I recommend that you do both, because this is Western civilization, and I endorse it. The effort that it takes to dig into early music, early literature, even early film, you know, silent movies and things, You've gotta drop your habits, and you have to learn to appreciate things on their terms and in a new way. And every time you can do that, new worlds open up. And the ones you are already familiar with gain dimension. More profound, more enjoyable, just more fun. And that makes life better. And life is very short. Anything that makes it better should be seized, savored. But you see, I told you I was a pedagogue today. Sorry about that. It's a real long-winded way of introducing this next selection of numbers. Got this composer here, Claudio Monteverdi. He was alive end of the 1500s into the 1600s. And he wrote this opera, L'Orfeo, right? L apostrophe O-R-F-E-O, I guess. It's considered the first opera that's still performed. And it tells the tale of the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, lovers. She dies he goes into hell to try and retrieve her fails so it's a tragic story and it's primal teaches us useful lessons connects us to a human spirit that has remained ever since there were people and i've been doing a lot of talking about a section of the show that's actually going to be very brief because i'm going to use short selections to give you a sense of some of the beauty this work contains. If you hear the whole thing and really listen in, you can hear all sorts of innovative musical things that he's doing that still connect, that still have the power they did. The way the drama is expressed through the music. When um, when he enters hell, for example, dissonances are employed more frequently. And the instrumentation reflects different scenes. In the pastoral sequences of the show, you hear pastoral instruments harps and reeds things like this later on you'll hear more of the horns and organs and these are not the symphonic or church organs you're used to these are small organs so if you if you're a fan of small organs here you go but an example would be the regal this is a kind of a reed organ maybe more like a harmonium but you'll hear a lot of these old instruments and that itself is delightful the sound they'll create in combination real special as is the singing which is not the grand opera style that came later. For me, there are beautiful things in Puccini and in Wagner, but I can't deal with the vocal approach. It's not something I've ever been able to warm up to, really. This type of singing is more like Broadway singing, in a way, without all that Broadway fabulousness, of course. This recording was done in 1969 by Harnoncourt and includes the singer Kathy Barbarian, and there's no roulade she can't sing so here we go from uh, one instrumental piece and two vocal pieces i'm not going to give you titles because what's the difference they're all in italian i don't know what the hell it is listen and after that do yourself a favor and listen to the whole thing
4: the most convenient door, I found a million dollar baby, in a five and ten cent store. The rain continued for an hour, I hung around for three or four, around a million dollar baby, in a five and ten cent store. She was selling China, and when she made the whole I kept buying China until the crowd got wise. Incidentally, if you should run into a shower, just step inside my cottage door. And meet the million dollar baby From the five and ten cents store Love comes along like a popular song Anytime or anywhere at all Rain or sunshine Spring or fall Say you never know when it may say hello In a very unexpected place for example, take my cake. China and when she made those eyes I kept buying China until the clouds got white. Incidentally, if you should run into a shower, or step inside my cottage door and meet my million dollar baby from the five and ten cent store.
0: <laughs> she was selling China, and when she made those eyes, I kept buying China till the crowd got wise. <laughs> Incidentally, the bingle, so good. I'm gonna move right along here because I did all that talking about fucking early music and ate up so much time. Just gonna get into some more recent music. Recent being a relative term, because these are from three different decades. From 1997, we have the song Your Woman by White Town, which is one of these one-man acts. Guy named G.O.T. Prakash Mishra, who, as I understand it, is kind of a pinko, but I'm not gonna hold that against this terrific little record. After that, a track from Tennis, which is a husband and wife duo. a called Baltimore from 2010. And then a comparatively ancient track in that context, Sometimes by Firehose, which was an outgrowth of the Minutemen after Dee Boone's untimely death from the album Ifen. Let's go. Ed from Ohio, Minutemen fan, contacted Mike Watt after Dee Boone died and asked to become part of the band. Mike Watt was kind of puzzled, but said, hell, okay, let's see what happens, and they formed Firehose with George Hurley, also from the Minutemen. They didn't really jam Econo as much, but that's not to put the work down, because the Minutemen were just one of a kind. When you look at other bands like The Velvet Underground after Lou or The Doors after Jim Morrison. You get an idea of how tough it was to move on after Dee Boone's death and to do something completely distinct and credible, so here's to them. And the other end of that question is when a singer leaves the band, what they're going to come up with. Being in a band sets up expectations, and a lot of times the singer really wants to do something completely different, and here's a case of that. The Bonnewell Music Machine, originally just Music Machine, was a kind of a badass garage psych type of band out of LA in the mid 60s 65 66 in there and they had great songs and Sean Bonnewell sang his ass off great growling nasty kind of a front man but they had bad luck with their career they were turned down to appear at Monterey Pop Festival so front and so on you know tough times and broke up I guess in 1969 And I didn't know anything about what happened to Sean Bonnewell after that, but thanks to my friend, Lane Steinberg, who in turn found this out from our friend, Jim Allen, he went by the name T.S. Bonnewell for a first solo album, completely different from the music machine. First of all, he was crooning on it. And the music was this orchestrated, introspective pop You could compare it to Scott Walker or to uh, David Ackles, maybe Bob Lind. It's reminiscent of a lot of kind of things. It's a weird album, not for everybody, but I never heard it before. And after Lane turned me on to it, I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Trippy little song called Something To Be, and the album is called Close. You're going to hear that in a minute. On one of the recent shows, I played Andy Bay and his sisters doing a number. I think they did Tammy, but I mentioned his version of Riverman, the Nick Drake song, and I'm gonna play that for you after T.S. Moneywell. In the arrangement and the mood of the song, it's very close to the original Nick Drake version, but there's something about it that I think works better for me. Nick Drake had this ghostly thing in his performance. Andy Bay does that, and it does feel like he's kind of honoring the original version, but has those jazz touches to it and a kind of a grit. That he introduces so i wouldn't say it's better than nick drake's original but it certainly has something extra to it that is really worth hearing so if you're a fan of the original see what you think of this but that's something extra on this introspection that's some extrospection and how much can you take right so i'm not going to stick on that kind of thing too long i'm going to play the tango of the merchant's daughters from the incredible flutist by the american composer walter piston it's a ballet A really great one. It's very accessible, and this is my favorite section of it. But let's get to T.S. Monowell.
3: Something I tell me, I smile and the eyes come out brightly And the moon is entirely low Something inside me is happily sad I'm waving my hand and it says hello Nothing's apparently wrong to me Everything seems the same to me Some little boy that I used to be Is quietly calling my name me. Something to be Something to be Something to be Something to be Watch and see Afternoon laziness Basketball games Dinner at six and the sun Is entirely low He ruffles my hair But I couldn't care I want my friends waiting there. Nothing's apparently wrong to me. Life is a plaything game to me. Some other man that I'm gonna be is quietly calling my name to be. smile and remembering back My life was a mid-afternoon Something inside me is happily sad I'm partially glad Life was a blue, blue, blue Nothing's apparently wrong to me Life is a plaything game Some other man I'm going to be as quietly calling
1: sky
5: to blow away
1: On maybe this day She wouldn't say For when she thought of someone Calling for her mind again She lost the pain and stayed for more Gonna see the rhythm man Gonna tell him all I can About the man
6: I'm feeling free
1: If he tells me all he knows out the way his river flows, I don't suppose it's meant for me.
0: Tango of the Merchants' Daughters by Walter Piston. He wrote a kind of definitive book on orchestration. People study still in school. And as you can tell, he knew what he was talking about. Now, I guess I ought to apologize because I don't have Willie's Plastic Waffle ready today. The new year is kind of slow to get started. Just like Uncle Joe, I'm a-moving kind of slow here at the junction. And... What the hell? We haven't gotten Willie down yet. It'll be here, I swear to God, the next show, the, the next regular show, I'm definitely going to have Plastic Waffle in there, I promise you. Because we miss Willie. Got to get him back down here. Also, I don't think I'm going to get into all this spiel about uh, the upcoming year and all that. You don't want to hear that. You don't care what my plans are. Well, why would you care what my plans I hey, forget it. Forget it. Now, truth be told, I had a spiel, and I cut it. I cut it out, because... I don't want to piss nobody off, you know what I'm saying? Not that it was really incendiary, but you never know, and not today, I'm in no mood. Look, I'll I'll be doing a lot of shooting the shit this year, believe me, I got a lot of shoot this shit, patooey, shit to shoot. You know me, but let's get to some music. Played Jeannie Lee on a recent show, I want to play something by her accompanist, Rand Blake. Accompanist is not the word, partner is really the word. Jazz pianist. Here's a thing of his called Church on Russell Street. Some surface noise and stuff. You can live with it. And then I want to get into a little essay in uh, reverb, I guess. First, I've been playing every once in a while stuff by Lindsey Buckingham. It's not like I'm a huge fan, and I'm I'm no kind of Fleetwood Mac fan, but the songs of his I like, I really dig. And I like when he does these solo performances. I think I played a performance of um, Big Love that he did solo. And I think I've also played his recording Go Insane, which I'm fond of also. So now I'm splitting a difference. I got a live solo version of Go Insane. Very different from the single. And you'll hear there's all kinds of echo and reverb on the thing. That's a thing with a lot of people now who do a lot of this bedroom music. They really lay on the reverb. And I guess it comes from genres that I'm too old and indifferent to really know what to call. But, uh... Was Shoegaze one of them and, um, I don't know, Dribblecore, uh, Coma House? I don't know what they, you know, who can keep up with it all? Anyway, I got something here by an artist named Molly Nielsen. Or Nielsen, spelt the same as Harry Nielsen. She's been doing this, uh, for years. She's from Stockholm, early, since the early 2000s. Very independent, very private. She records her stuff by herself, releases it herself performs with discs of her background music as she sings over. A lot of her stuff is really cool. Got a number here called Obnoxiously Talented. See what you think. Then I'll play something you might know. Charlie Magiera. He's an Israeli performer. He was an Israeli performer. Charlie Magiera was his stage name. His real name was Gabriel Abudraham. And he was really hung up on a sort of a 50s, early 60s vibe. Records like Sleepwalk by Santo and Johnny. And he really dived into that sound heavy reverb, very ghostly, and he was apparently very depressive. He wound up uh, hanging himself, unfortunately, maybe about eight or nine years ago. And his stuff ranges from this sort of thing, which is, uh, this is called Tomorrow's Gone, and it has that Santo and Johnny sleepwalk kind of feel. And he gets into some stuff that's more punkish, rockabillyish, no no-wave-ish, um, As accessible or as spaced out as it gets, it all shares this very individualistic sound. Very enigmatic, mysterious, distant, but moving in a very particular way. So try them out. And that's going to be the set. So here we go. Rand Blake with The Church on Russell Street. So the end doth approach. We're not there yet. We've got a little while to go, but I'm going to play a bunch of songs and wrap it up. And I want to talk now about... Uh, what do I want to talk about? Well, like I said, we've got a Horn Rock show coming up. It's probably going to be split between Podbean and the regular Patreon. Although I may just do it in several parts on the Patreon. What will be split definitely between the two is the show about Australia and New Zealand by special commission. And those will be coming up. So you got a few specials coming up before we return to the regular shows, which will include Willie's Plastic Waffle, God Willing, or Will Godding. As for what we have now, told you before I was going to play a second piece by Libby Larson, just to give you a taste of her range. This is called Brazen Overture, and it's a little less accessible, but it's a little more fun. It's kind of impertinent and brazen, you might say. And after that, I'm gonna play a track by the Urinals. Yeah, the Urinals. When I was talking about the Minutemen before, they did a song, Ak Ak Ak. If you're familiar with their work, it was on uh, Three Way Tie for Last, I think. Well, that was a cover of a song by the Urinals. His early work was very much like that. Short, staccato, fast, loud. After a few years, I think they wanted to expand a little bit, do different kinds of things. So they actually changed their name, I think to 100 Flowers. Anyway, they finally broke up, got back together in early 2000s, I think. Did an album called What Is Real and What Is Not as the urinals. Or maybe just urinals. Might have, might have been no the, the. And they were no longer doing these very brief songs. But they hadn't lost their weirdness and the kind of punk edge they had. It's really unique stuff. I like it. I think it's a great album. underrecognized. And I'm gonna play you a track called Sky Grifter and I'll probably return to the album in the future because I think it's a really cool album. Now I'm not sure but I may have played something in the past by The Advancement. This was a instrumental kind of pop group made up of jazz musicians. Came out with one album, maybe 1969 I guess. Really great stuff. The album is self-titled and you know it's not really jazz, it's not really prog, it's really psych but it's a very melodic mellow kind of psych. Did I tell you the name of the track? It's called Sunflower. Then I want to go on to Doris Abrahams. Or Abrams, I don't know. From New York, singer-songwriter, early 70s. I think lived in Woodstock for a lot of her life. Played with Maria Muldaur for a while. The album this is from, was called Labor of Love. It's from 1976. The song is called The Last Unicorn. And it's very much in that Laura Nero, Carol King kind of vein. It's not a lost treasure, but it's a very nice song. Finally, I'm going to play an act. I love the name of this performer, Lily, just like my daughter. Japanese performer. Don't know a lot about this track. I heard it described as city pop, but I don't think it really fits that category. What it sounds like to me is the great gig in the sky from Dark Side of the Moon. It's just a uh, dreamy groove with this free vocalizing thing going on. It's a nice feel, and since it's called So Long, it's a good final song. Of the show although there may be one more you know how i do that i'll be back in a few minutes but here's your brazen overture by libby larson
1: Thank you.
0: So here we are, back where we started, with all the vicissitudes of life coming down on us, coming around us, getting in and out of our business. But we'll make it, right? We'll make it together, here in Buckaroo Holiday and elsewhere. Thank you for listening. If you're not on the Patreon, join the Patreon, live a little, come on. You'll be helping several charities and hearing a lot of wonderful music. Uh, now, you know, among the things I forgot to mention, I wanted to talk to you all about a book called Astral Weeks. I'll get into it big time on the next show. But you ought to read it. Ryan... What's the guy's name? Ryan something. I'll find out. Anyway, I'll tell you about it next time. I'm sorry. I, I just got to get this show made, you know. It's, the, the weeks are going by and there's no show and I feel bad and I want to... So doing what I can, you know. Besides, listen to what I'm dealing with here. Distracting, you know, rock slides and whatnot. And tigers, see? So, I'm gonna leave you with a message from Frank Sinatra. Thank you for listening to Buckaroo Holiday 2023.
5: been crossed It's over, it's over, it's over I'll walk away, I'll stay away Tossed my heart and lost Losing is not a happy thing When the stakes are high Not when you lose your lover On a simple goodbye It's over, it's over, it's over I can't look back, won't look back My heart says it's done It's over, it's over, it's over But when I see her And when I'm near her, I feel like it's just begun. Losing is not a happy thing when the stakes are high. Not when you lose your lover on a simple goodbye. It's over, it's over, it's over. I can't look back, won't look back, my heart says it's done, it's over, it's over, it's over, but when I see her and when I'm near her, I feel like it's just begun.